Hello, everyone, and welcome back to another episode of The Locker Room. I'm your host, Tommy Tellerino. Alongside me is my co-host, the one, the only, the man, the myth, the legend, Jordan Navarro. Jordan, how you doing today? Doing absolutely fantastic. Fantastic. Really? Fantastic. Tell, tell me I, more. I had some some chicken parmesan, garlic bread sandwiches you, you last night. You that, yeah. Absolutely delicious. I went to sleep, slept good, woke up, and now we're here. And we're, you know, it's a special episode. It's a, it's a, it's a documentary series that we're starting. You know? Oh, oh. Really? The, the NF season, the NFL offseason extravaganza part one, man. That's right. Going over the mock drafts today. It's about that time. The, the locker room mock draft where me and you do make, a mock draft together. And make fools out of each other. Yeah, because the production team wouldn't pay for two of them. I don't know who we got to talk to to get our separate separate mock draft. They said we can only do one. So we're doing one together. I mean, that works with me. Works with me. All right. I see. I see. You got the the hockey jersey on, man. What, what's what's going on? Yes, there? I um, I'm supporting the Oswego Lakers today. They are going to the Suniac Championship today for hockey in Geneseo. So hoping they win, and you know we're we're celebrating St. Patrick's Day in, in the city today. The St. Patty's Day. Yeah, I, it's a little early, but I'll take it. <clears throat> well. I'm not Speaking gonna judge. Of, of luck and getting lucky. Some of these players at the uh, little thing called the NFL Combine yeah. are trying to get lucky enough to answer some interview questions and uh, meet with some teams and change their their futures. So, what wh- what are your opinions on the NFL Combine? Do you really think it matters that much? Maybe to lower level, um, like players who are on the cusp of getting undrafted and lower rounds. But, like, if if you're a projected first-round pick, I don't think you really need to go. Like, they've had a whole year to look at you. You know what I mean? We do pro days. What do you, what do you mean by look at them? What are, what are they? You know, they? they look. They, they get their binoculars. Oh, so, like, Bill Belichick style. Yeah, yeah, yeah. Okay. They're they're out there scouting. They're well, like, I, I gotta. Oh my of, god! <laughs> <laughs> if you were a scout, how yeah. would you approach the NFL Combine? Let's say you're a New England scout. You've got your binoculars. You're sitting in oh, the stands. How are my, you? How are you approaching the after after a forty? Right. Let's talk about Tyquan Thornton. Yeah. Who. You know, obviously they messed up the laser system or something because all the unofficial times were nowhere near their actual times. Yeah. Uh, but unofficially ran a 4-2-1, broke John Ross's record unofficially. His official time was 4-2-8. How do you approach that young man after the combine, after his 40? What what questions are you asking him? I, I'm asking him, hey, yeah, you can run straight, but can, can you run a route for me real quick? Let's let's see what you're looking like on the field. Like, I mean, so it – it's nice seeing that, but we've seen really fast players like this who do 
have the best 40 times, and some of them are bums. Some of them are out of the league. John Ross specifically. Yeah. So, like, does it, does it really matter? Yeah, you know, I agree. Because, you know, you look at a guy like Tyreek Hill, he doesn't have the 40 record. You know, no. he didn't run a 2 yeah. one But, he, you know, I feel like anyone who's anyone would say that he's the fastest player in the NFL. So, yeah. You know, I mean, pad speed and pad yeah, speed, I think it's, speed. It's kind of like one of those things where, like, one of those useless records they take for, like, because, like you said, there's no pads or anything. Pads weigh you down. And unless you're running four verticals every play. <laughs> I do that in Madden a lot. I, I value 40 is my, my most that, precious stat. That's my playbook right there is the four <laughs> verticals. We, we do ourselves four verticals, play action four verticals, um, vertical wide slant, I think it's called. We do it all. And then what you do is you roll out with the QB. <laughs> and then you just run. It works every time. So the uh, Tommy Tallarino offense is speed, speed, and more speed. Some days. Depends on depends on how I'm feeling. Nah. Depends if I need the win or not. Maybe I'll chew clock the whole game. Depends. Depends if I play with the Bengals or not. Seattle. A lot of, a lot of teams do have different playbooks, but there seems to always be one common – uh, I guess common standard among all teams. This still has to do with the combine. It has to be hand size. You know, they they always it always seems to be an issue. When it comes up every year. The hand pause. size. The, the ball security. Yeah. And it seems like a quarterback prospect every year gets picked out unluckily and they say you have small hands <laughs> what can that guy say it's not so you it's like i can't work on that you know i know i can learn your playbook there one one sec i gotta all right go ahead My... I, I can learn your playbook i can't change my hand size that's so true. i don't know what you want I don't know what you want me to do. I, I don't know. I and, and poor Kenny Pickett. I want you to have big hands. That's what I want. <laughs> or else you're not you're not on my team. Poor Kenny Pickett. I looked this up because I was interested. He he has eight and a half inch hands. The average male has eight and a half inch hands. So he's average. I measured my hands this morning, actually. You know what size my I have eight and a half inch hands. I'm an average guy. Whoa. So what, what did you measure from the base or the? No, you measure from the tip of your thumb to okay. the tip of your pinky, and you just spread it out on paper, and you draw two dots and you collect. Connect I'm like one. And you measure it that way. Mine's like one hand length. Oh well, we you know what is, what is one hand length? You know, one hand. Well, yeah. So. He has small hands, and like I said, there's nothing he can do about it. Does hand size matter, Tommy? Does size matter? Are you a size king? Um, I I don't think size matters. I think, uh, <laughs> the halves it, it seems a lot to me. Seems like plenty for me. It it. <laughs> you know, he's been able. 
he's been able to throw the ball for how many years now? How many years has he been playing football? Like 18 years? Yeah, probably since he was a baby. Yeah. And did he have a fumbling problem in college? No, I mean, he pulled off a fake slide. And I, I was just about to say, the only problem is he doesn't know how to slide, it looks like. <laughs> but if he, if he didn't show the problem in college, why are we bringing it up now? What's the point? Um, why are you trying to why. criticize this man for his hand size? He can't control it. What you think he, he you think he walks around all happy that he has average hand sizes when he, <laughs> when he goes up to other players at the combine and sees that they're massive nine and a half hands? You think he enjoys that? I don't think so. I know Joe Barrow was also a uh, a product of hand size. All hands, yeah, and look at him. He said that you know he should retire because his hands are so yeah. small. He should retire because his legs are going to be cut off by the end of his years in Cincinnati, it looks like. <laughs> but it, uh, I don't remember what reporter said it, but the only quarterback to have eight-and-a-half-inch hands and have success with Michael Vick is Kenny Pickett, the white Michael Vick, possibly. I don't know. We're going to have to see. But I, I brought up that, that question mainly because it's funny to talk about, but also – this really just epitomizes what the NFL combine is, right? Yeah. It's a media show. It's a media day for the prospects. And that's where I'm at with it. Does it matter? Maybe a little bit for a guy like Calvin Austin, the third, for example, he showed out four, three, yeah. two, 40, 11 foot, three inch broad jump. And he had like a 40 inch vertical or something. He's five, nine. He probably bumped himself up around or two by doing that. Yeah. And like you said, it's it's good for those guys. But if I'm Evan Neal, why do you Hutchinson, be, yeah. Kenny Pickett even, why do I care? Yeah. My film is out there, you know? I didn't play at South Dakota, Western, Illinois of uh, New York, right? My games are on national television. They Go know what I my tape. <laughs> tape. We're, we're talking about college, okay? Yeah. Not the NFL, College. college. You're telling so, me that after four years in a program, you're still having questions of how I play as a player? Because of my hand size? Yeah. Come on. What do you want me to do, stretch my hands? God, we're worried about Kenny Pickett's hand sizes, but Kyler Murray is a midget, and it's fine for him <laughs> to be small. Whoa, whoa, you cannot say that word. I'm small sorry. People. Small B, yeah, I'm sorry. I'm sorry. I mean, come on. He can't even see over the offensive lineman, but we're worried about, oh, he has, he has nine and a half inch hands, so he'll be fine. It doesn't matter if he can't see to throw the ball to DeAndre Hopkins. We're worried about Kenny Pickett's hand size, and we just spent a second-round pick and a fourth-round pick getting Sam Darnold, who didn't yeah. even really show he could play in college. Come on. Like, who who cares? Let, let this man – what, why does the world need to know what his hand size is? That's a private thing, okay? <laughs> he should be able to put that information out there if he wants it. You know, they talk about the Wonderlick test and all the testing they go through and all the interview questions. What are they asking them in the interviews, right? This, why are you at, why is this a job interview, right? It's not like if Aiden Hutchinson gets drafted to Detroit, he can't be like, man, 
my life's over. I'm going to Detroit. He doesn't have a choice. I mean, I guess he does, but Detroit doesn't have to trade him. That's there's a reason no. they they when a trade happens after someone's been drafted, they trade their rights. These men are getting their rights drafted. That's right. So Aiden Hutchinson gets drafted by Detroit. What do you think Aiden Hutchinson thinks? Man, wow, I could have been Detroit. in Florida. I could have been in Houston. I could have been in New York. I went to Detroit. What is there to do? What is there? Nothing. You can watch Piston games, but I don't know why you <laughs> want to do that. They're bad. So you, you go to you go to an empty baseball stadium and just sit there. Why? Why are we asking these guys a whole bunch of interview questions? I mean, I get that you want to see where their heads at and see what type of person they are, but you've had scouts on the road for three years watching these guys play. They didn't ask any questions. That's not in the scouting report. Now, rumor has it though. I think this is why they do it. There's the combine every year still. The coaches all like to get together and have one big coach party. It looks like. Where they all get, they all get sloshed and have a great time. Yep, now, that's what it I, seems like to me. I definitely could see that happening every year. I think we we solved the case. You know what I'm tired of? I'm tired of these athletes getting pity claps for being good athletes. Yeah. Okay, yeah. if I go out there and run the forty, I'm a pass out. I'm unathletic yeah. as it is, and I'm out of shape. Why is why is Calvin Austin getting pity claps for running a four three two. He's a he's a freak athlete. Stop clapping for him. That's the athlete's problem. Everybody always celebrating them, clapping for them. They no re, no wonder they can't be happy. They always get celebrated. Why support from your from your peers is fine, but why are the scouts in the stands pity clapping? Why? Beats me. For doing their job? Yeah. For doing a good job? Like, wow, congratulations. <laughs> you did it. You ran 40 yards. <laughs> You're done for the day. <laughs> you know, I feel like, yes, the hand size 40 times, bench press. Eh, bench press maybe for offensive linemen, but even then. Yeah. Yeah, weren't they complaining about, like, McCaffrey when uh, he did the bench press? Yeah. Like, oh, wow, he only did seven. I'm like, well, he's a running back, so. And then you got, oh, look at this guy's arm. He's throwing 50 yards with no defense. There's not a corner out there. There's not a pass rusher out there. Who cares? Who cares? If I have to see another edit on Twitter of someone in uh, an Eagles jersey or – a Jets jersey because they had a good combine. I'm tired of it, okay? I'm tired of it. Just because Tyquan Thornton ran a 4-2-8, he does not deserve to be a first-rounder, okay? It's a meaningless stat. I mean, it really is. Like, I'm trying to think of, like, some of the people that, like, are really close to the record. Is John Roth, it's official 4-2-2 he got? Yeah. Chris Johnson is is who you're thinking of. He's the one that had the good career. Yeah. No, I know, but and, I'm just saying John he, John Ross, bump. DK um, Metcalf is pretty good. He ran he ran a four two three. So 
DK Metcalf, yeah, he just can't catch the ball when he can or when he needs to. <laughs> uh, <laughs> uh, like you said, Chris Johnson, probably the, the best player who's in the top 10 for 40 times. The, the other one, I can, Marquise Goodwin. Where's he now? Actually, look this at Save a Lot stores. What's he doing? What was the what? We have the power of the internet. What's that? The top 540 times of all time. We have John Ross. Bump. You're not wrong. Uh, Rondo Menendez. Oh, okay. Yeah. (laughs) Chris Johnson. Jerome Mathis. Okay. And Drew Archer both ran a four two six. Drew Archer never did anything. I was gonna say he he was. Uh, in, there's uh, a million people that ran a four two eight apparently. Um, but the next one I'll say is Henry Ruggs the third ran a four two seven. Yeah, and look at um, him. Yeah. Does but, so. It doesn't – I mean, it matters. You need the straight-line speed, right? I don't want my receiver to go not, there and run a five. Not, <laughs> I, I don't – I don't need my receiver to go out there and run a five-flat or four-eight, yeah. of course. But Cooper Cup ran like a four-six-three, right? Solid. And look at Cooper Cup. He's the best receiver so, in the league this year. Yeah. It's meaningless. And I feel like we need to stop – these guys are under a lot of pressure as is, Right. If you're in the top 100 prospects in the NFL coming into the draft, like consensus, you know how nerve-wracking it must be? Because your your season ends in, like, January, February. Yeah. January. Yeah, January. <clears throat> and then for the next three months until April, the end of April, you're sitting there like, this wow. is my whole life. Yeah. I, this is what I've been wait, working for my whole life. And then you got to go and be a show pony for these drunk coaches and scouts. Step right up. See this tall <laughs> man with big hands throw a football. <laughs> and then, then they want you to do it. They want you to do the same thing at your college. Yeah. For your pro day. This is ridiculous. I, I agree with pro days. Make the coaches and scouts go do the legwork. Abolish the combine. Yeah. I mean, I, what? Who's Matt? Is it, yeah, Matthew Barry. That's the most interesting thing about the combine is when he runs the forty, because he's an actually <laughs> an average man, and we get to see like, wow, these he's these actually, guys in the NFL fast. are actually really fast. The yeah, fastest like, I run is when I have to run to the toilet or run to get food in the cabinet. I mean, yes, <laughs> uh, glad we stand now on the on the combine. Yeah, I mean, I, mean, I think. I look at it like this too, because the NBA had a similar situation. And if you notice, a lot of the top prospects will say top 15 projections. Don't, yeah, don't do it. They don't go. And it's like, it hasn't affected them. And it's actually helped other players because they get more showcase. Yep. I agree. I think if you, I think the NFL Combine, if we're going to keep it, if you are a consensus top 90 prospect, we'll say, yeah. right? I'd be like top three rounds, top 90, whatever. You should be exempt yeah. from going to the combine. Unless you and really want to, which I, I don't yeah. know why you would. Because it's just an extra day of, of potentially getting hurt. 
But enough with the combine and the, the jokes. Let's get into some more jokes of this uh, oh, joke of an NFL mock draft. That's right. <clears throat> I will be doing the odd picks. Uh, for those who don't know what odd numbers are, that is one, three, five, and so on. That's a little odd. And Tommy, <laughs> Tommy has even numbers. What are those? Uh, two, oh, okay. Four. Yeah, yeah, yeah. <laughs> I never learned them. My bad. Yeah, yeah. <clears throat> um, 32 picks in the first round. Most every team has a pick. I know the Niners don't have a pick, Niners um, and um, the Colts. But uh, we have three Eagles picks in the first round. We have two Jets and two Giants picks in the top 10. So I'm sorry to all prospects. Yeah, yeah at, um, least, at least you got something to do in the offseason. Yeah, move out of New York because yeah. your season's going to end in December. And you can it's actually, warm they, they play in New Jersey. Okay. Oh, okay. You're right. All right. I'm sorry. I'm sorry. Let's get it right. Come on. I'm sorry. <laughs> oh, yeah. Get your, your ACL blown off in, a, yeah, in yeah. MetLife. Beautiful. Nice stadium. I will say. Yeah. It could be a lot better with actual grass. Yeah. I, maybe. But, but, but from a fan's view, it was pretty good. <laughs> <laughs> Let's get right into it. On the clock, uh, I think the draft is April 28th, I believe, or 27th. Somewhere around the there. first team on the clock. They're on the clock right now, I guess you could say. The Jacksonville Jaguars, the Jacksonville Trevor Lawrences, the Jacksonville Urban Myers. So wait, he's not the coach anymore. Um, <clears throat> Tommy, this team, to put it lightly, to use one of our favorite phrases, um, it is dumpster fire. It, it's uh, defensively, all of their linebackers retired because the team's bad, and they left Miles Jack there to try to fill in for three players. He can't do that. Um, none of their receivers are any good. Their best receiver down the stretch was Jamal Agnew. So, yeah. and he's a converted corner who really is only good at kick returns. Uh, yeah. Uh, Trevor Lawrence, the, the God, uh, sunshine from remember the Titans did not look that great yeah. until the last game where he outdueled prime Carson Wentz. What do you mean by, out of the playoffs? What do you mean by prime? Like, well, you know, throwing the game. Oh, being okay. Bad. That's the Carson Wentz I know. Yes, exactly. So, I, I, I got, I, I, I know Evan Neal's who everyone thinks is going to go one. He's a freak athlete. He's got big hands, probably. Yeah, he probably does. He's six seven, and you know. They can't go wrong with either one of these guys. I like Evan Neal a lot. I do think he'll probably end up going one. But for sake of argument, I'm going to go Akeem Iguanu. Iguanu played at NC State. He's listed as a guard, but I do think he ends up playing tackle in the NFL. He's an elite athlete. I think he's probably a little bit better of an athlete than Evan Neal. If you get this guy in space, it's scary. He's a lot like Trent Williams. Uh, I've seen him demolish corners and linebackers. Like, he has no business being as big and as fast as he is. The film's out there to see. <clears throat> the film is out there. 
Uh, he's very good in space. He could fit into pretty much any blocking scheme. He's definitely more of a zone blocker, but I mean, what it, Jacksonville doesn't have a scheme, you know, they're building this thing as yeah. they go. They're, they're building the plane as they're flying it pretty much. Cause Urban Meyer did nothing. Except kick people. Yes. And he does, his technique is a little sloppy. It's probably not as clear cut as Evan Neal's or as polished, but I think he has the elite upside to be just as good as Evan Neal. And he also has that versatility to, to fit any scheme. And I think I want to say he may have had the most pass blocking snaps in college football. Maybe I don't know. I'd have to check that stat, but he's up there. So he's already got the experience and that's who I'm going with. Yeah. I mean, you know, they're going linemen because Lawrence, he took a beating last year. It wasn't pretty, especially for him. He's hasn't been used to that ever. Yeah. Yeah. he was in, yeah, he was in Clemson and had protection every game except for one maybe. And then in even high school, I mean, look at the tape out there. He was throwing like 60-yard bombs almost every play. Yeah, and wasn't losing games. He's yeah. not used to losing either. So I think this was this is probably a big shocker to him, but I feel like you know, like you said, there's not a lot of talent around him. He took um, – so Urban Meyer took ETN. He didn't play, which I thought that was a weird pick because Robinson had a great year before, barely got used this year. I think they need a big-time receiver. They'll probably get one in free agency. But offensive line is the best way to go because it's going to help the run game as well, which took a little bit of a hit from the previous year. And you got to protect Trevor Lawrence. We've seen what happens when you don't protect a quarterback, and it gets nasty. Unless you're Joe Barrow, and then you just find ways to win games. Yeah, but at what cost? Uh, True, at what cost? But uh, I like it. I I like how we're starting out. I thought I think uh, that was a good first round or first pick for me. My um, my first pick was the second pick with Detroit, and I'm going with the homegrown kid, Aiden Hutchinson. I think um, you know Dan Campbell is a fiery guy. He's gritty. He's a grinder. You know who else is a grinder? Aiden Hutchinson. Oh, yeah. He's he was known in college to be in the weight room almost every day, all day. He's very great pass rusher who I think Detroit needs both pass rush and run support, so you can't go wrong here. He had a prospect grade of 6.83. You know, his one weakness is, though, they're saying, he's got small arms. Ah, we, you know, the the arms, those will get you. This one maybe is a little bit, um, better than the hands though, because they're saying for end his breach, you know, he's gonna, yeah, he's gonna get blown up more. I get that, but he's got really good pass rush moves. And the only problem is he's around average in the run game, he's not gonna stick out in the run game, but 
when you get in the pass rush, he is very fast, very athletic, and gets to the quarterback a lot. Either if it's hurries, sacks, hits, he's there. He's in the backfield almost every play. And you know, you know what they say about great pass rush. It, 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 it'll it'll mask a terrible secondary. That's and right. That is something that Detroit definitely has. Listen, you put pressure on a QB, it's easier for them to make a mistake than you not making any pressure at all. Exactly. I love that big. I think that's you know, oh, I feel thanks. like top top three, top four, pretty set, you know, but yeah. It is this is great to get an edge rusher that high. And at three, we have the Houston. Deshaun Watson's. Oh, he's not playing. Um, the Houston David Kelly. Oh, he's not head coach anymore. Uh, the Houston Davis Mills. The Houston Texans. The Houston gas masks. <clears throat> they say. <laughs> they say that they're going to stay with Davis Mills at quarterback. Not that there's any quarterback in this class that I would take with a, a top three pick. But uh, I'll take the guy I was just talking about, Evan Neal. Uh, more likely than not, Jacksonville takes him one. But of course, you know, this is my mock draft. You you can't tell me. It's my mock draft. Evan Evan Neal. (sighs) This guy is a Greek Mm -hmm. god. Um, 6'7, 340 pounds. And he moves like a man on a mission. Um, I watched a decent bit of Alabama's games this year, being in Alabama. Um Listen, man, their right tackle was awful. Don't know who it is. He's awful. Um, the left tackle, Evan Neal, he he doesn't allow pressure. It doesn't exist. Bryce Young never had pressure from the left side. I never saw once Evan Neal get beat. He's absolutely ridiculous in pass pro. He's a great run blocker as well. The only thing that I will say is a an issue of his. He doesn't really have great form. Um, he, he tends to sit a little high when he's going into pass pro, but he has such a quick first step that it doesn't really matter. And he has great hands. And if he gets his hands on you, you're not going anywhere. And I just, I don't think there's a lot to say other than this guy is a freak of nature and you can't go wrong with getting him to protect Davis Mills. I mean, you might as well, because if uh, Deshaun Watson decides to come back too, might as well protect his blind side. Yeah, yeah. I'm, I'm sure he will come back yeah. um, at some point. He's really good but, at coming back, you know. I, th- they were one of the worst offensive lines in football. So, one of the worst I've ever seen. Yeah. <laughs> I, there was just n- – run plays were just funny to watch at some point. Because the whole D line was just in the backfield, right when they shout out, shout out to Rex Burkhead when I needed them to have a run game. That man was there for me. But that's that's a completely different story. Uh Sorry, don't want to bring up those Uh bad memories. Yeah, I. It's like I'm back in Vietnam and working (laughs) a son's plan right now. It's all right. It's all right. Ah, but yeah, I think this is the best way to go for him because they're really they're in that period of like, what do we do as a franchise since we just paid Deshaun Watson millions and millions to 
touch people and not be on the field. <laughs> so I, I, I agree with you there. I think it's a good pick. I, I mean, I don't think you can go wrong. And even if they um, say Neil does go one, the other, the other guys just as good. So I think they're, they're, they're in good hands because they have all stayed. It looks like. Yes. But um, for me, the New York Jets are next, and I sticked with the edge rushers with uh, Tom Thibodeau. Um, oh, oh, t- oh, yeah. I didn't didn't know he played. Yeah, nah. I mean, it's it's just um, maybe long lost down the road relative, Cave Kay- Thibodeau. Oh, okay, okay, okay. Really, he's he's very similar to Aiden Hutchinson, very athletic and. Just the speed and the hand size, the arm size, he's off the charts there. No. Oh, so that's yeah. all that matters, right? Yeah, but it's what I've been told. <laughs> but, I mean, this guy's been high up on draft boards for years now in this draft class. I think he had a great senior year, and the film's out there to see how explosive he is. He's a very athletic freak as a rusher, and I think he'll fit in. Yeah, I mean, it's if you're the Jets, you got a guy like Robbie yeah. Sala, you know, Coach Nick Bosa. I think he knows what type of pressure that a guy like Kayvon Thibodeau can bring. Um, I know we were talking before we, we uh, recorded that you know, Thibodeau is kind of lazy. That's, you know, I, that's why I don't see him going to. Yeah. I think he's lazier than Aiden Hutchinson. But I think he has maybe the most potential in this draft class. If he kicks it into gear, I mean, the guy, like you said, he's a freak. <clears throat> but and, moving on to the – no, go ahead. And, like, you know, maybe – like, a coach like Salah could be really good for him, like you said. Like, why not have the guy who – it's basically made what Nick Bosa is for the Niners with that scheme. Why not do that in New York? You know what I mean? So he's yeah, got yeah. the potential of playing at a Nick Bosa level. I like that. I like that. I like Nick Bosa. So I like anyone that plays like Nick Bosa. Um, going to the team that shares MetLife, uh, this poverty stadium, um, Charles Cross is my pick for the New York Giants at five. I know, crazy that we have three tackles and two edge rushers, but this, the NFL's one in the trenches. I want the hog mollies, as David Gettleman would say. I like them big. <laughs> I like My man Charles Cross is a fluid athlete at 6'5", 307 pounds of pure Ooh. aggression. They have Andrew Thomas. Somehow, David Gettleman managed to get a good pick. Um, he's there on on right tackle. They need, or actually, I think he plays left tackle. But they need someone across from him because Danny Dimes, Daniel Jones, is still going to be the quarterback apparently. Um, on Sorry the Thanksgiving episode, on the Thanksgiving episode, we said they need to tear it down, but there's nothing to tear down because there's All nothing right. built there anyway. They just spent $86 million on Kenny Galladay. They have Kadarius Tony. They don't play him, even though he looks talented. 
they want to trade Saquon Barkley. Apparently, he hasn't been healthy in three years. I don't know what you're going to get for him. A bag um, of chips, maybe. I don't know. But assuming they keep everything the same, because it seems like that's probably what's going to happen. Charles Cross is my guy. Play style, Tristan Wirfs, right? If you're a Giants fan, you hear that, you're happy. Uh, he does. He's a little raw. He's, you know, out of the three that I've mentioned, he's definitely the rawest. He's, it's going to take time for him to develop. You're not. He's not going to come into the NFL and immediately be uh, your number one, right? He's not going to. He's not yeah. going to be an All Pro, but he has the the fluidity and his athletic ability and the potential to get there. He's got a great frame. I think he'll he'll fill out nicely, and I think he's going to end up being a great tackle for the Giants. Yeah, and honestly, it's it's time to draft a good lineman. You know, they they struck out like six years in a row. They've been before Andrew Thomas. What it? It's like 2015. They were drafting linemen every first round, and all of them yeah. didn't pan out. And so, I mean, it, at some point, you got to get offensive. Yeah, line. it's like they've tried to sign these wide receivers, sign these corners. At some point, the issue goes back to the offensive line. Exactly. And I think it's the best pick for them because, you know, those those are some big boys for some tackles. There should yeah. be no pressure coming from the tackles now. I, and I don't want to hear anything about fumbling. What's Daniel Jones's hand size? Yeah, you know, you know I was just wondering that. I don't know. It's it, got to be small. Yeah, he, when, he I, when I was thinking fumbles, I was when I just said fumbles, I was like, wow. Uh, I never realized he might have small hands. That might be the problem. He's got yeah, he's got the small hands. He's got small yeah. hands. He really can't hang on to the ball. Yeah, you can't have that. And yeah, I think I think you your money right there. That number five pick. For me, number six, I'm. I got Carolina. You know they um, they shocked the world when uh, they showed that they were interested in Sam Darnold. It was the uh, the only team in the NFL. That was <laughs> <interested> in <them>. <laughs> <laughs> but um, this guy, this guy was seeing ghosts in New York, and they decided to bring him in. All right, it, it hasn't looked good. So they, much they, so that they brought back Super Cam. They they tried Cam Newton, and we saw how that went. I'm he, back. Yeah, he's back. All right, it's it was the Cam I was used to seeing. <laughs> but um, they don't have a great offensive line, but that's no excuse because they don't have a quarterback at all. And I think they're gonna go with the man, the combine legend right now for this year. Malik Willis. Malik Willis is coming out of Liberty. He probably haven't watched many of his games because I can't tell you the last time they had a televised game. But he had a he had a decent year. 27 touchdowns, 12 interceptions, uh almost 3000 yards. Very fast, over 6 feet tall, and he probably has above average hands. So He's going to be able to grip the ball, grip it and rip it, and that's what they need, really. They just need someone that's not Darnold, and I think Willis is going to fit uh, Rule's play style the best. 
out of all the quarterbacks in the draft right now. I I was going to go pick it, but I think with – we were talking about this off camera with – um I forget what team. But since the Panthers' offensive line is not well, you're going to want a speedy quarterback. And yeah, it's it's kind of like a safety valve. Yeah, it's kind of like a safety valve. Pickett is fast, but Malik Malik Willis is is faster. Yeah. What what was that? Four five. Yeah. Yeah. Clean. And honestly, I, I agree. I. I think um I mean if if you don't want to play him the first year that's fine have him learn the playbook um for year 2 cuz you, yeah, you're, you're not you're not going anywhere you know Yeah you got Darnold still there so he's getting paid 15 16 million actually it might be even yeah. more than that it might be 20 Yeah McCaffrey will probably tear his hamstring three well, times right, in the right, season right, right. right. that's calm down <laughs> But yeah that's uh, yeah. that's what I'm going with I like the pick Malik Willis has connections to Cam Newton as well. Um, he played on his seven-on-seven camp. <clears throat> I think it's a great pick. I think it'll be between him and Pickett for the top quarterback. I, I agree that I think Malik, Malik Willis fits Carolina better. I, you know, I would love to see Carolina take a lineman. I'd love to see Charles Cross or uh, Akimi Ekwanu fall to them. I don't see it happening. And also, do you even want to protect Sam Donald at this point? You know, like yeah. I'm not saying you want him to get injured, yeah. but are you gonna invest in him? You know? Yeah. It's it's not good. What, but speaking in go ahead. Because why I mean, you know he's gonna be gone after this year. Yeah. So why him back. why invest in Something now that's probably going to get you one more win on the season than invest in the next, not next season, but the season after that in the future. Yeah, I agree. Also, you know, the the big issue if they do take a quarterback is do you let Matt Rule continue to coach? You know, do you give him the two, three year window with his his guy, right? Even though he traded for Sam Darnold. Um, I don't think you do. I think it's, uh, I think if he, if they don't show improvement this year, and if you do sit Malik Willis, get yeah, he's still out of there. I think you get a new a new coach anyway. Um, but but speaking on investing in and subpar quarterback play, um, the Giants have a seventh pick again. Oh boy! Uh, and and a lot of mock drafts here is where they have Kayvon Thibodeau going. Uh, they have him dropping for us. Um, I have the Quentin Nelson of this draft class. You know, I've always said if Quentin Nelson was two inches taller and played left tackle, he'd have been the first overall pick in his draft. Um, I've never seen a guy come out of college and there everyone's just like, yeah, he's probably an all-pro, all-famer, you know, whatever. He plays guard, though. You can't take him that high. Uh, Tyler Linderbaum plays center. Um, the Giants need a center. And he – Tyler Linderbaum, I think – if you're talking about the most NFL-ready elite prospect, it's him. Right now, it's him. I think he's probably the safest prospect in this draft. He doesn't really have a weakness. Um, he is listed at less than 300 pounds. That might be an issue for some teams. You know, they want the, the big guys. He's at 6'2", 296. 
But I don't see that being that big of an issue. He's an elite athlete, and, you know, they compare him to Jason Kelsey, and I think that's the perfect comparison. I I just don't see him failing. I see him being an all-pro center for a long time, and I think that helps the Giants, and that, that gives Daniel Jones even less excuses tonight. Exactly. I was just about to say, it gives him less excuses, and – you're you're building an offensive line for the future where you don't have to worry about it for five or six years. Yeah. That now you just need what left guard, right guard. Yeah. I mean, uh, Nick Gates. He he was okay in New York, but I, like you said before, I don't think he's coming back from that injury hundred percent. And look towards the future, like I said. But two offensive linemen in the top seven, you know, that's, that's a hell of a start for an offensive line. Exactly. And that's – you missed out on – like, it seems like every year they don't draft, like, the right one, we said. And then, like, there's always one, like, a couple picks later. So, why don't just take both? You're not going to miss. <laughs> yeah. It's like taking all of the quarterbacks. Eventually, one will pan out. Exactly. It's like Cleveland. That's what they were doing for, like, 20 years until – they had Baker for like one, one and a half years, and now they're probably going to do the same thing. So that's all right. And I, I, I like, uh, I like the pick. And like you said, you can't go wrong with that because when you're at, when you're at rock bottom, the only place to go is up with that line. Yeah. Yeah. Sometimes. I mean, we haven't seen Daniel Jones go that's up true. there that's may true. he may he could get worse that's true that is true and then my next pick atlanta number eight i'm going edge rusher again george car Karloftis. i'm sorry if i'm pronouncing it wrong i'm these some of these names are hard i will say but um <laughs> yeah i mean they just released a uh, fowler and he was probably their best edge rusher and they're very scarce in the position. Good defense or good run support edge rusher. I, I think he's at the combine right now. About 6'4, 266 pounds, above average hands, which is like we said, oh, most important. That. He's um, you know, when they look at him, they said he's got good power, relentless motor. He's not a premium run stopper, but they said with time, he has the ability that he can be. Right now, they said he's more like a team defender in a system that they get him in, which to me, I I don't know what people mean by that because he's on defense. So, of course, <laughs> he's going to be a defender. So, I, I don't know. But all around, he's going to help up. He's going to plug those gaps up front and – Atlanta can't stop a runny nose, so they're going to need it. Yeah, they need all the help they can get. I think Grady Jarrett's a very powerful defensive tackle. He's very underrated just because of the team he plays on, and you get Grady Jarrett some help on the edge, and maybe they can turn that team around a little bit. Um, Speaking of a team that needs to turn it around, um, Denver, uh, they have – I mean, literally every position on offense is filled. They have a decent offensive line. They could probably use another tackle. Um, 
but they have three good wide receivers. They have a tight end. Their defense is okay. They just got Nathaniel Hackett um, to be head coach, right? Pretty sure. Yeah, I'm pretty sure they did. Yeah. And, you know, they finally got with an offensive-minded guy. That offensive-minded guy probably needs a quarterback. So, with the ninth pick, the Denver Broncos are taking Aaron Rodgers. Oh, um, my God. It's genius. <laughs> but, no, uh, I do think they'll try to shoot their shot with Aaron. Uh, I think uh, they'll slide in his DMs. I think he'll say no. I think he goes back to Green Bay. So, with that in mind, they're going to take Mr. Eight and a half inch hands himself. Kenny Pickett. Uh, Kenny Pickett is – he's a G. He's very swaggy. He reminds me of long-haired Joe Burrow. Um, he's just got that kind of swagger around him. He's 6'3", 217. Uh, he runs very fast for a quarterback. He ran a 4'7", 3. And he had a great season. Um, in Miami – I think it's freshman year. I think it, I'm pretty sure it's his first game. He threw for 509 yards and a touchdown oh in the first God. game in college. So, um, I'm going to make an impact. He's a pro style quarterback. Yeah. Pro style quarterback. He's quick. He had a, a, a 42 to seven touchdown to interception ratio in 2021. After going, it was 13 to nine in 2020. So you see the step he took. It was ridiculous. He has all the physical tools to be a great pro. The only issues he does, uh, Pitt's offensive line was horrendous. Uh, so he does have some issues with his feet and setting his feet and stepping up in the pocket. I think those can be fixed if you get him a decent offensive line. Um, Denver does have a defense, a decent offensive line. They also have a good running game. So I think this is a perfect fit. Now, if, you know, we know John Elway likes the mops. He wants the 6'6", Brock Osweiler types. Maybe the hand size is an issue um, for, for John. You know, he may be a size king. He may want nine inches. You know, that might be the minimum for, for a guy like John Elway. So, <laughs> but I can't. I love Kenny Pickett. I think he's, I think he's a perfect pick for the, for the Denver Broncos with those weapons they got. Jerry Judy. Um, Tim Patrick, the other guy, uh, Cortland Sutton. I think, yeah, get a quarterback, John. Get a quarterback. Yeah, I think it's a great pick for them because that's really the only position where they really lack. And if you, I don't know if they're keeping Teddy. I don't know. Is it, I can't remember. Is his contract up? Yeah, it is. He's a free agent. Okay. Yeah. I mean, if if you want to bring him back, that's. I don't know why, and because he's not going to win the game, <laughs> but he's not going to lose the game. He's he's just he's middle every year, but I think Pickett's really good. I mean, he had a Heisman like year. I th- he I thought he he had a great chance of winning it, and I think he'll fit in well because he has the weapons right away. He's not gonna he's not gonna have to build with the team. You know what I mean? I think yeah, um, I think that's the thing about Denver is if he, if they don't get Aaron Rodgers right, yeah. it's kind of like Trey Lance. You know, Trey Lance is set up for success. The 49ers have a ton of weapons in what will pretty much be his rookie year next year, and it's the same thing with Denver. I mean, they have three or four good receivers, and two good yeah. tight ends, a running back. 
you know, it's not like it's Jacksonville where you're throwing to Jamal Agnew. So, yeah, so he, he's got there's going to be expectations for him, but it's going to be it's going to be interesting if he does go there. And then what pick we got number number 10 hitting double digits. It I went with uh, your guy, Kyle, Kyle Hamilton. I don't see him falling out of top 10. I'll let you take it away because you, you know more than me on. I don't know. Kyle Hamilton, let me let me tell you something. As a Notre Dame fan, this yeah. man is maybe the best player I've ever seen come through Notre Dame. Um he's 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 six four. Um he has unlimited range. I just go watch his highlights from this year, where he was injured for most of the season, mind you. Just watch the impact he had in the minimal amount of games that he played. It's ridiculous the amount of ground he covers at free safety. And he's strong enough and he's a willing tackler. I mean, he wants he wants to hit you. So he could play strong safety as well. <clears throat> and I to me, he's the best prospect in the draft. Obviously, I'm biased, but I, I honestly believe that out of all the people in this draft, he'll end up having the, the best career out of all of them. I just – I don't see how with his physical tools, unless he gets injured, he can't be impactful because he just – he's a game changer. He's a legitimate game changer at free safety. Yeah, I mean, I remember watching a couple games with you last year, and you – You've always been high on this kid, and he has lived up to the hype in Notre Dame. He's got a I bright mean, future ahead of him. He's gonna fit. He's gonna fit in well in New York. I think. I think he'll lead that secondary, and I think he'll do a great job. He's a he's a born add, leader. Add him and Kayvon Thibodeau. You got the pressure, and I got a ball yeah. hawk in the back. Could be a dangerous team. Ooh. Robert Sala with Bob Sala leading it all. The Jets. Listen to us. They might. Every team to make the exact picks that we made and do this. You might get six wins next year. Might mess around and mess around. Mess around and mess around. And then. Uh, Washington. (laughs) Um, The The best franchise in all the NFL. the, The commanders, as they are now called, they command the 11th pick. Uh, looking at their roster, obviously, we know last year their defense took a huge step back um, from what it was in 2020. That team actually looked like they were going to be a top 10 defensive unit coming in. Um, and it looked like they like that was figured out with Ron Rivera and that they just had to figure out the, the offense. Well, they have Terry McLaurin and Antonio Gibson and Logan Thomas, so that doesn't seem to be an issue. And then you remember that Taylor Heineke plays quarterback. Um, and it all falls apart. Uh, the guy, I love Taylor Heineke. I've been a big fan of his. I think he's a great backup. Um, he can't play for extended stretches of the time. That's why they got to go quarterback. Now, this guy right here, he played with uh, Lane Kiffin, uh, Nick Saban's uh, arch enemy, the man who likes to troll Nick Saban and lose by 42 and get your popcorn ready. He was a he was a Heisman prospect until he had a leg injury. Matt Corral, 
You want to guess his hand size? Nine and five eighths inches. This guy, big hands, massive hands. You know what they say? He'll, he'll have no. <laughs> what do they say about big hands? They don't fumble. You don't fumble. Yeah, yeah, they don't fumble. Uh, Lance Zerline says his NFL comparison is Baker Mayfield. I don't see that at all. I think he's much better than Baker Mayfield was um, coming like coming into the NFL. Obviously, Baker Mayfield was an incredible college quarterback, but I think he I think Matt Corral tra- uh, translates much better to the NFL. He has an abundance of confidence. I mean, this kid, there's not a throw he doesn't think he can make, right? He goes out there and just throwing dimes all over the field. He has a quick release. He's great with RPOs. Lane Kiffin did a lot of that. He has really good arm strength. And if you go look at his game against Alabama, he made one of the most impressive throws I have seen or that I saw last year. It was a 60-yard throw. He did not have his feet set. He was just he just went out there and was like, "Yeah, I can do it." Uh, like jump, like a Derek Jeter jump throw, sixty yards. Someone's down but there. He, he he does tend to have an issue with the short uh, passing game. He tends to kind of take too much off of it, and that can lead to some incompletions. And going into the NFL, he probably is going to need to get the ball a little bit quicker on those deep balls. He tends to allow the play to uh, develop too much. But I think he has all the all the potential to be a good quarterback. I don't know if there's really a franchise quarterback in this draft, an Aaron Rodgers, a Tom Brady level. I think all these guys could be good quarterbacks, though. And, you know, I think they can all lead their teams to the, to the playoffs if they develop. And I think Matt Corral is right there with them. Yeah, I mean, I remember, I remember watching that throw live. That was, I was like, "What's this kid doing?" Like, <laughs> oh my god! Yeah, I mean, um, like you said with the RPOs, that's a hard thing to learn. I feel like as a QB, especially once you get to the NFL, because I, I colleges do they run them more? Or? I mean, I would say that. Colleges are run more, but they're not as yeah. Complex. They're not as developed. Yeah, yeah. Which with prior knowledge, that's going to be big. I think for Washington, that will be huge. I think if if he's able to learn the playbook really well, they're on, they're onto something. Besides a new name, I, I do think I do think this quarterback class is weak. I don't think that. In a regular draft class, most of these guys would be a first round picks. Yeah. Um, I could see like a Malik Malik Willis, Kenny Pickett. I don't know if Matt Corral is a first round pick in a typical draft class of quarterbacks. But you know, we we mock this knowing what teams do, right? Teams will overpay for quarterback. It's the hardest position to get right in the NFL, and it's a position you got to get right. So. And it's well, there's a lot of QB needy teams this year. It feels like there is compared compared to previous years. So it's just like it lined up to where you know what I mean. Yeah. For me, I'm where are we at number twelve. Yep. I, I'm going from Minnesota, Minnesota. Ahmed Gardner, you know. Um, so he's got the sauce, we'll say. 
Yeah, my boy Sauce. Sauce Gardner. Really, just probably the best corner in the draft when you look at the physicals. He shut down corner, really, in college. Very much like Richard. a touchdown. Yeah, very much like Richard Sherman, I'd say, for that false comparison before uh, he went to – before he left Seattle, I will say. But um, the one thing that drives teams away is his confidence is sky high, which leads to, we'll say, the the prime time effect where he – He's been labeled as cocky. I don't like to use that word because, you know, I mean, it's not it's not nice to be known as that. But it's – that was one thing for his weakness. But actually on the field, you know, he's got the big hands, but he's got skinny legs. So we, we can't have skinny legs in, in a corner. You know what I mean? <laughs> Yeah, you know, I would think I would be pretty confident if I never allowed a touchdown. You know? No, I, I know that that was when I was looking at the reports. That was the everyone was like, Yeah, he's he's got a lot of confidence and comes off cocky, but he does he does hold a little bit too too much compared to other corners. That That's probably his one weakness on the field. Well, you know, Minnesota doesn't hold anyone. Exactly. Uh, out of the end zone. So, so maybe they need a little. So they need holding. someone holding for him. Yeah. <laughs> I love that pick. Minnesota secondary uh, is Harrison Smith and man, you playing corner. Um, so it probably help him, you know, to get some corners. I Only mean, to a go ahead. I, I mean, they got to stop something. Yeah, I mean, you know, you would think playing against Justin Jefferson and Adam Thielen in practice all the time would make you better at corner, I but I guess not. I, I guess it doesn't work. Um, going to another underachieving team that was labeled as playoff contenders, like Minnesota was, uh, and also has kind of an average subpar quarterback, uh, Cleveland. Uh, they got rid of OBJ. Uh, OBJ turned out to be good at wide receiver again. Jarvis Landry wants to leave. It seems like they'll probably complete that wish for him. This team has Nick Chubb, good offensive line. That That's pretty much it. Uh, they have Baker Mayfield. They're kind of stuck with him. So they got to go offense. They have a good defense. It's kind of hard not to have a good defense when you have Miles Garrett. Uh, so Cleveland, I've chosen a wide receiver for you. This man played with Baker Mayfield in high school, Garrett Wilson. Uh, Garrett Wilson is obviously Ohio State's number one. Now, some people say it's Chris Olave. I think Garrett Wilson's the better of the two. He's very polished. He's going to be an outside receiver. Over the last three games of his college career, he had 27 catches for 371 yards and six touchdowns. I mean, and the, you know, these high-level games, bowl game. And he he's very instant in his acceleration, right? He has a very quick first step. He's not going to blow you away. I think he ran a 4.38 or a 4.4, something like that. He's really fast, but he doesn't have Tyreek kill speed, right? He's not – It's he, you look at him and you're not saying, wow. Like, he just yeah. is different than everyone else on the field. It's not like that. 
but he is very quick off the line. He creates separation. He's very consistent in creating separation in his deep cuts and his post. And he has some punt return experience as well. So, but he does tend to struggle against press a little bit. He will get locked up a little bit. And sometimes he will run his routes into other players' routes when there's traffic. He needs to get better at that. But I think Garrett Wilson is – I think this is – is this the first wide receiver you have coming off the board? Yep. It is. I think he will be the first wide receiver off the board. And I think the connection with Baker Mayfield will be what puts him over for some of the other wide receivers for Cleveland specifically. And that's why I got them going. I mean, it's an ideal spot for him because he can grow with Baker. And they played together before, haven't they? Yeah. Yeah, so I think it's I think it's the best pick for the Browns. I I have a question. Do you think he's the best receiver overall in the first round? I do not. Okay. But I also have the best receiver overall. We have him falling. Um quite a bit yeah because i think it's trey Lindbergh's. okay yeah i think you really nailed everything for you said you stole some of the words right out of my mouth for uh the cleveland one but i think it was a great pick we're going over to another division rival for the next pick we're going with the ravens and man they're just going to draft a, a new head trainer, I think, this year. After yeah, I think that would – that's probably a good pick. Yeah, I mean, what what they have at one point, like 20, 20-something injuries? Yeah. Um, they got better one time. They only played quarterback, yeah. though. <laughs> I, I don't get how that happens, but it's, it's very impressive. You know, they – the O-line struggled a lot last year, but I think – Part of that was because Lamar would try to extend the play. And when when you're extending the play as a quarterback, you are tiring out your linemen and they're like, I don't I don't know what to do. I, I don't know. I, I'm I'm just here to block and everyone's running around. But um <laughs> <laughs> they they also they, they're gonna need help on defense because Clay's Campbell's up there in age. They've lost key pieces in free agency the past couple of years. And I think Harbaugh really prides himself on the defensive side. A lot of those Baltimore teams, they always used to be defense heavy. And I think they're going to go Trayvon Walker. You know, he's 6'5", 272 pounds, coming out of Georgia. He's a junior. He's a big run stopper, and he plays – he plays 3-4, and I can't remember. Is that what the Ravens usually run? Yes, that is. What yeah, so run. he's going to fit the scheme right away. Has great reach, and he's – the one weakness is that stands out is his release off the line, they said, is not good on uh, run and pass plays, which is can be a really big problem. But they said he makes up with it with athleticism and the reach. So it will be interesting to see. But I think this is the safest pick for Baltimore. I agree. I think another thing with Trayvon Walker, um, I watched, I've watched. i watched a lot of SEC games. He's he's very versatile. 
Uh, Jordan Davis commanded a lot of attention on that defense because of how big he is. I'll get to Jordan Davis later. I have a lot to say about him. Um, but Trayvon Walker, he can play inside or outside. Very versatile. Uh, they run a very malleable 3-4. I think he ends up probably playing inside for most of his pass rushing snaps, which I think will help him a lot. Um, when I see his tape, he's kind of like a younger Eric Armstead to me. Eric Armstead's 6-7, and obviously for pass pro, or not pass pro, pass rush, he's much better on the inside, Eric Armstead is. And that's kind of what I see with Trayvon Walker. I, I see I see him being a, a pass rushing defensive lineman. Um from the inside and I think you can go outside and help with the run but yeah I agree I think that pick is perfect for Baltimore I think that's what they need uh Calais Campbell being old as dirt you know that doesn't help and they need to kind of freshen up that defense a little bit yeah I I agree I mean Philly's defense at one point was really good and I don't know what happened and they got back-to-back picks so I'm following in your footsteps. I'm also going defense. Yeah, I think uh, I think their first pick here for Philly, they have three picks in the top 20, and they all – it's 15, 16, and 19. I don't know how that happened. They scammed some people. Uh, Carson Wentz. Derek's, Derek Stingley. <laughs> Carson Wentz effect. Yeah. Uh, Derek Stingley is the first pick here at 15. They need a lot. They pretty much need everything on the secondary. They have Darius Slay. I think they need someone to mold to take over for him, him to be the second corner right now. Uh, Derek Stingley didn't play uh, last season, but in 2019, you know, he he showed. He is he's built different. He is Devontae Smith's son, by the way. Uh, Devontae Smith is the only wide receiver I saw own him but Alabama did, did made Derek Stingley look bad but he's he's an elite corner prospect he's got all the skills there's not a lot to say about Derek Stingley he's literally like the fact that he didn't play and he's gonna be going in the first round as a second corner off the board really tells you all you need to know right um but like I said, lackadaisical coverage against Auburn and Alabama in his last season. And that, you know, they have, well, maybe not Auburn so much, but Alabama for sure had some elite talent. So maybe that's a, the sign of things to come, but I don't think so. They can't go wrong with Derek Stingley. Do you think if he played uh, last year, he'd be top corner off the board? Oh, yeah, for sure. I think if Derek Stingley yeah. played, he would have been a top 10 pick. It'll be interesting to see. He's he's going to be learning from Darius Slay. So that's going to be, I think Darius Slay is a very underrated corner. At least he's very, he's a shutdown corner, but they, he needs help because yes, all they, all they just do is just throw the the two other receivers on the team. He'll shut down the number one every game, but it doesn't matter. (laughs) They got two more (laughs) ready to go. So I'd like the, I like the, I like the corner pick because that's I I went for the next pick Devin Lloyd for linebacker. I think their corner is worse than their linebackers, and their linebackers are pretty bad too. Right now. <laughs> I mean it's it's horrendous. But yeah, I went Devin Lloyd. He's coming out of Utah. He's a senior, 6'3, 237 pounds. And 
honestly, he might be the best, one of the best linebackers coming out of the draft. They they think he's going to struggle in the pass game a little bit. They said he's got heavy feet and state. He's He gets lost on pass plays, they say, where he just he can't find, he can't fit in. But they said he's going to be great in the run game. He will be a run stopper, he, and he will definitely be a great inside linebacker and strong side linebacker. And Lord knows Philly needs that. Yeah. They, stopping the run needs to be on the top of their list. They had Tony Pollard run, what, how many yards? <laughs> a ton. Yeah. And he wasn't even the backup for those games. <laughs> <laughs> yeah. Uh, Philly, they made a run of playoffs, of course. And, you know, Jalen Hurt surprised a lot of people with how well he developed. You know, the tape, the tale is, it's, Still to be told about Jalen Hurts, what he uh, what he ends up being, of course. But uh, it's a great start for this team to get Derek Stingley and Devin Lloyd fill two of their much needed positions. Um, that corner and linebacker, and next on the board is the Chargers. And mm. I had a I had a hard time here. Uh, I my heart said to put Jordan Davis here. Um. Like I said, I'll talk about him when we get to him because I do have him in the first round, even though I don't think he deserves to be a first rounder. Um, but I couldn't do it. I know the Chargers need someone to stop the run, but I, I took David Ajobo out of Michigan. He's probably the lowest floor edge rusher in this this first round, but he may have the highest ceiling. Um, he's he's taken so many huge steps in his progression. I'm not going to talk about his skills and his weaknesses. I think that's doing him a, a, a disservice. This kid, he only played 20 games in his, his career, 620 snaps, right? You know, there's not a lot of tape out there, but the fact that he's put himself in this conversation to be in the first round says a lot about his work ethic. And I think the potential for him to be a really good player in either a 3-4 or a 4-3 system, because I think he can play outside linebacker, I think he can also put his hand in the dirt and play on that 4-3 line, is what's gotten him here, right? His potential. And I think that's what someone like the Chargers would be drafting off of. They want someone to replace Melvin Ingram. And this is a defense that's developing anyway, right? And obviously with Brandon Staley being more of a defensive minded coach as is, he can, he can coach him up and you may end up getting the best edge rusher out of this draft or, you know, either a top, you know, top three, top two edge rusher. And that's well worth the investment at 17. Yeah. I mean, like you said too, his work ethic is amazing. And sometimes coaches will take a chance on that any day in the week. They'd rather see that than you not working at all. And we haven't really talked about that a lot with these other picks. And I, I like how you mentioned that. I think it gives them credit. It gives them good credit. And then number, number 18, the New Orleans Saints. Man, this is this, – this franchise is in a rough place. They are. They have no cap space and they have no quarterback. I don't know how that happened. No cap space. No QB, slant man for a receiver. <laughs> They're losing their best offensive lineman. I mean, it's bad. 
but it, it's kind of weird because the moves they made have acted like they they're not going to break down the team this year and they're still going to want to try to make the playoffs this year which they're bringing back Jabo. They're bringing back crab legs. Are they? I, I, they, I didn't hear anything about it. Well, I think that's what they're going to do. I think they're going to bring back Jameis Winston. Is he going to be healthy for week one with the ACL? Who knows? But, but still, it's just like, why, why are we waiting this one year to break the team down? You know what I mean? Yeah. So with that said, I think they're going to try to get a receiver because – God knows that they need it. With if Michael Thomas isn't going to play again, because knowing him, you never know. Yeah, they could be in a rude awakening. So I'm going the Ohio State man himself. This is the second one from Ohio State, right? Yep, it is. Chris Oleves, how you say it? Olave. Olave. Okay. I'm, yeah, I'm. I'm sorry. I'm. Not, I'm not smart. <laughs> I'm, I'm bad. Bad with names, but um, very similar to Terry McLaurin, they said, who's another Ohio State receivers. He's got fluid movements from the snap to the catch, very fast, and I think they got his some of his combine results: four three nine forty, thirty two vertical jump. I think um, he's gonna fit in well because he's kind of. He's kind of the opposite of Michael Thomas, and I think that's what you need as a wide receiver too. Yeah, they need the guy to take the top off the defense. Yeah. Uh, Michael Thomas operates, as everyone knows, him as slant boy. He operates in the underneath and in the he's great against zone and against man. Um, Michael Thomas is a top ten receiver in the league. You know, we like to joke about him a lot. He is immensely talented, but they do need someone opposite of him because their next best option is. Deontay Harris, who really is just a return man. Um, We have another receiver going off the board here for the third and final pick of Philly uh, in the first round of their 19th. Uh, I have Drake London. Uh, He's really high. He's he's gotten himself hyped up. I know uh, I kept base with USC a little bit. I know coming into this season, he was kind of, people were saying second, third round. him and Amon Ross St. Brown were a really good duo. And I actually liked Amon Ross St. Brown a lot. I wasn't surprised at all when he started doing well in the NFL. Drake London might be better than him. Um, he's 6'4", very, very, very similar to Mike Evans. Of course, everyone's going to compare them with, you know, the height and their play style. He's not very – he's not going to burn you – you know, he's not a burner. But he's a great contested uh, 50-50 ball receiver. And really with him, it's probably going to be a more 60, 40, 70, 30. Like, he's just that dominant. He's going to go get that ball for you. And I think when you have a guy like Devontae Smith, who we know he's open all the time. He Like, even in his rookie year, he was getting open. Jalen Hurts was missing him. Nick Sirianni had a terrible offensive game plan into, like, the last four weeks. It was ugly in Philly. But they have that guy who's going to get open underneath. He can take the top off the defense. They need to go get Jalen Hurts a guy to just, you know, F it, Drake London down there somewhere. And that's that's what this is. Go get him the big-bodied red zone receiver. It's honestly – it's just like the opposite of what the Saints – you know what I mean? Yeah. 
It's, it is. You, do you think he can uh, end up like Michael Thomas? Uh, I, I don't know if, if Drake London's that good of a route runner. I think he's much more of a Mike Evans type. He's just going to bully bully ball his way. He he doesn't have that that top end speed or really the quickness to get open like a Michael Thomas. He's not gonna uh, you know slice and dice, but he's he's very smooth with the ball in his hands. Really like a Mike Evans. I mean, Mike Evans. I feel like is I we talk about him a lot, but it's just like some of the numbers he puts up every year is insane. So people if, just don't talk about him a lot. Yeah. If if he can do half of what Mike Evans does, he's set. I mean, Philly's got themselves dog. Dog. But um speaking of another team near them, number 20, Pittsburgh. And oh man, we Big Ben is Finally retired. It only took him about five years to realize, man, I can't do this anymore. <laughs> so they, you know, I I honestly think they probably will end up trading for a QB. Like yeah, QB. Jimmy Garoppolo. Yeah. Yes. But uh, we're not going to – we weren't going to work in trades and stuff. So I'm like, all right, well, if it doesn't go through, they're obviously going to get a quarterback. And, you know, why not? And get your go out there and get yourself Desmond Ritter, who is probably the opposite of Big Ben because he's not like a tree and can actually move out of the pocket. So it's you're gonna need that because they don't have a strong offensive line. He ran a four five two forty, which for a quarterback that's really good. He was a four year starter, four year winner, and he's known for working hard. You know, he there's nothing really special about him. He doesn't really stand out. And I feel like Mike Tomlin really likes those guys, those hard workers besides Juju and and uh, that receiving core. But, like, he's, he's going to want a hard worker. And I think this is someone that's going to – that can come right in and do a good job for Pittsburgh. I, I agree. I got to see Desmond Ritter play Notre Dame. Um, during the regular season, he and like you see, he nothing is very standout about him other than he does not want to lose. Um, he hates losing. He's very competitive, and I feel like he has just enough arm strength to make all the necessary throws at the next level. Um, and you add that with his athletic ability, I think that'll take him places. And what else is Pittsburgh gonna do? You know, yeah. Obviously, they don't care about drafting linemen. They have a terrible line. Uh, and their defense is pretty much set, you know, so. But, I mean, they could go out and get a corner because if they don't want to keep Joe Hayden, but. Yeah. But I, I, I just is... think it makes more sense for them to get a QB now because I wouldn't want Mason Rudolph on my team. <laughs> yeah, or, or Dwayne Haskin. Yeah. I'm going to ask you to go back to back here because next on the board is your pride and joy. The New England Patriots. Man. You asked me to do double duty. That's all right. Um, so, New England is a team that doesn't like to take a lot of people in the first round. We, we don't do a lot of first round panning out. But I think there's two routes 
for this. Wide receiver one for Mac because we all know that he needed that, and it showed in playoff games or playoff game. Uh, number two, Dante, Dante Hightower, amazing player. It's getting up there in age. Maybe it's because he had all of last season off, the little, you know what I mean? But yeah. he's coming up on a contract here. You might not get him back. So why not? I'd say if you were in their shoes, would you would you go receiver or linebacker? You know, if I was Bill Belichick, I think you got to acknowledge that you're just not very good at taking wide receivers. Um, none of them have panned out. And he's really good at taking those guys in the middle rounds that seem to, you know, mm-hmm. work hard and, you know, they, they seem to pan out. So I would probably go linebacker. You know, he's a defensive guy. You guys missed Matthew Judon a lot down the stretch, but you get him back full season. Why not take the future at the inside linebacker position? I'm, I'm glad we agreed on that because I don't want another Nikhil Harry. I can't stand him now. I mean, he's god awful. He's a bona fide scrub. I, I that's all. That's I mean, I want to say four touchdowns in like four years. Yeah, it's not. It's not good production. Yeah. Wow, one touchdown a year. Yeah, I think. Uh, <laughs> I think quarterbacks have caught more than him in the past four years. But um, I'm going. I, I I'm sorry. I'm gonna butcher this name. Uh, N- Nakabu Dean. Uh, close enough, Nakobe. But N- yeah, Nakobe, Nakobe Dean. Georgia, you know, he was really one of the anchors for that defense. You know, that's what yes. he's as a linebacker, very explosive and quick feet. It's we need that because we need something to stop the run because. They weren't big run plays, but they were those consistent, oh, four or five-yard run plays where it'd kill yeah. us because it, it'd keep us on the field. He's an explosive athlete. And the one thing that I liked about him is when I was reading the reports, he run he runs through a ball carrier. Not Adam, he runs through. It's I would quote, quote Marshawn Lynch, but I, I don't think it's a good idea. <laughs> He, the only problem is, is his size. You know, he's kind of undersized. He's at 5'11". He's a little stocky, but I think he can pan out. I, I'm i hoping it's better than his NFL comparison, Devin Bush. I will say that. Oh, oof. I, you know, I compare me and my friend Xander having this conversation when we're talking about Kobe Dean. I thought he was the best player on that Georgia defense by a pretty good margin. Um, I think him and Trayvon Walker are really, really good players that got overshadowed by, again, I I continue to say his name, but Jordan Davis um, and Devontae Wyatt and just some of the, some of those guys. But N'Kobe Dean, to me, his NFL comparison is Roquan Smith. I think he's a faster Roquan Smith. Um, He's electric. He pop when you watch tape, he pops out. Like you want to know where he is at on the field every time because he's gonna go make a play. He can get to the ball 
but that does seem to be his weakness as well as he doesn't always allow the place to fully develop and he may go 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 on an, in- yeah. an incorrect read but i would rather have that than a guy that just is he's too Magnum. safe and he's too yeah. conservative so but I, I love that pick for new england i think he can be i think he can be better than hightower to be honest with you that's saying a lot hightower was I mean, he was never really the best linebacker in the league, but he was always the leader of that group. Yes. I mean, he was no Belichick used to call him Mr. February. That's what he was. I mean, he's known for being clutch. So I, if they can pair him up, I think we're set for a while at linebacker. We got the Raiders on the board next. The Raiders. Is it me or you? I, uh, thought, I think it's yeah. you. He's twenty-two, but I, I I can go to the next two if you want me to. No, no, no I just, I couldn't I couldn't remember what number we were at. Um, Jamison Williams. That's who I'm going with for this one. You know, receiver. Honestly, he, he, I can't. He got injured, right? Do you remember what the injury yes. was? I forget. Uh, I do think it was an ACL. Okay. Um, in the game against Georgia. Yeah, I knew it was knee, but I just didn't know if how significant it was. I mean, he was amazing, really, for Alabama product. 79 catches for the year, 1,500, almost 1,600 yards, 15 touchdowns. I mean, when he's out there, he's a freak of nature. It's just, do we do we risk it? That's the big thing. Probably if he was healthy, he probably might be the first wide receiver off the board. I agree. I do think he would be the first wide receiver off the board. It's that's going to be interesting because we've never really seen a player like him get hurt in a national championship game and then, yeah, like have a season ending injury because now he's he's kind of screwed for his rookie year unless uh, he, he pulls a Cam Akers. I don't. I don't know if he – I think he may be ready he, for – think he will? He may be. Um, he had 11 touchdowns at 30 yards plus. I mean, that does come against some worse competition, obviously. It's college. Yeah. But he's he's explosive, man. Yeah. He just – he goes out and gets the ball. He's a burner. And it's the Raiders, you know. I, you have Darren Waller, big body tight end. They use him like a wide receiver. And then you've got Hunter Renfro, who's a great slot receiver, really shifty. He's an underrated red zone threat. He can get open on pretty much anybody. But he does struggle when he's thrust into the number one receiver role. We saw that down the stretch. He can be shut down. He's, you know, he's not an elite wide receiver. He's a really good route runner, maybe an elite route runner, but he's not getting open all the time. Jamison Williams takes the top off of defense. He is a burner. He's he's the guy that you're going to throw the deep ball to, and that is exactly what they were missing after uh, Henry Ruggs decided to do what he did. And honestly, it's a lot of these Alabama receivers are built like that, which is it's kind of funny how you know two years ago they took Henry Ruggs and they might be taking Henry Ruggs Jr. right now. The, the thing that James Williams has working for him that Henry Ruggs didn't know is height because he's 6'2". And, yeah. you know, but another 
tall wide receiver. Um, the guy that I think is the best receiver in this draft, Traylon Burks. Uh, we have him going to Arizona at 23. Arizona was a weird team for me because it really depends on what they do with Chandler Jones. I could see them going an edge rusher, a uh, guy like Jermaine Johnson here if they need to. But, you know, I see DeAndre Hopkins at 6'3", the best, you know, 50-50 ball receiver maybe outside of Mike Evans. He's the, I think he's the best boundary receiver, just pure, purely based on the boundary. Great catch radius. He catches everything. Amazing hands. But they don't have the guy to create space, right? They don't have that guy that in space maneuvers with the ball. Um, they had Christian Kirk, but it looks like they're going to let him go as a wide, as a free agent. And Rondell Moore, Cliff Kingsbury didn't know what to do with them. You know, he was so explosive when he, they got the ball in his hands, they just never did it. And maybe they, you know, maybe they're happy with Rondell Moore, how he did his rookie year, and they're just waiting to unleash him in year two. But I think Traylon Burks is better than Rondell Moore, and I think he's the best wide receiver, like I said. He ran a 4 five, five. He's not extremely fast, but the guy has game speed. He can run by people with pads on. I've seen it uh, coming out of Arkansas. He's, I mean, he's A.J. Brown. Like that's, I think that's the best comparison for him. And you see what AJ Brown does when the ball is in his hands. He, he's like a running back, you know, he's kind of like Debo, but Traylon Burks has a little bit more shifty. He's a little bit more shifty with the ball in his hands. I think it's perfect for them. I think he's a perfect compliment to a guy like DeAndre Hopkins, especially for Kyler Murray. If he is the quarterback, I'm pretty sure he's going to be, you know, all that drama that they have over there, but he, his one weakness is he does tend to not go hard after 50-50 balls, but I don't think that's an issue because they're not going to throw 50-50 balls to him. Those would go to DeAndre Hopkins. Yeah, I mean, DeAndre Hopkins is like the – it's like 80-20 with 50-50 yeah. balls with him. But, yeah, I mean, A.J. Green's not cutting it. I, I'm a big fan of Christian Kirk. I think he's really good. I, I get why they don't want to sign him back. So I think this is a just as good replacement, probably even better. And I'm glad you brought up Jermaine Johnson because that's who I had going the next pick after to the Dallas Cowboys for what number is it? Pick uh, 24. You know, Cowboys are in cap space um, per perjury, basically. I mean, it's bad. and. I don't know if they're going to get Randy Gregory back. I mean, he he had a good year, but I don't, he he wants he wants some money, and I don't know if it's worth it. Yeah, and Demarcus Lawrence. You know, we heard yesterday that Amari Cooper might get cut. They said it also could be Lawrence because Lawrence is making a lot too. If that happens, I think this is a this is a great replacement. Although, you know, you might be. Losing Leighton Vander Esch and the linebackers outside of Parsons and Neal aren't the great best. They need another edge rusher. That's part of the reason why their defense was so great is because they had Lawrence and Gregory on both ends, and they just they complemented each other so well. Yeah. And I think Jermaine Johnson can be a good substitute. He's not great in the pass rush, but – 
that can be coached, I think, with Dan Quinn. You know, we've seen what he can do as a defensive coordinator, and I think he'll be great in the run game. Uh, the, the run – ah, he's great at stopping the run. That's that's his one strong suit, and I think that's going to help him a lot. I know their corners are not the best, but their run defense wasn't the greatest either. So, Yeah, we saw against San Francisco, you know, San Francisco yeah. with Debo that they're having their way. And when you have a guy like Micah Parsons, you know, like you said, the, the pass rush can be coached up. Yeah. And, you know, so what if it takes him a little bit of time? You have the ultimate Swiss Army knife and Micah Parsons. He can do everything on the field, it seems. So I, I like this pick. I, I like this pick a lot. I think a developmental guy like Jermaine Johnson isn't a bad bad pick at all. And also, he just had a great senior game. So the, the it's out there on the tape that he can play well with the uh, the elite prospects. Yeah, I um I was thinking maybe corner too for them, just because you know Trayvon Diggs is good at getting turnovers, but we've seen he's not great in coverage. So you need you need that shutdown corner because I think yeah. eventually he's going to have to switch to free safety. If he continues playing the way he plays, I agree because he yeah. does bait a lot of throws, and that does lead to him getting burned sometimes. But I think. But- the edge rush is the way to go for right now. I agree. Um, especially with the cap situation they have going on. And, you know, I thought, I think you hit the, the nail on the head there. Well, thanks. But going on to a, uh, another championship hopeful uh, Buffalo bills. Um, this team needs to be able to stop the run. And there's one prospect you hear about all the time. Uh, if you watch the draft, if you pay attention, you're going to hear about him. He's in somebody's top 10, and some other people don't think he should be drafted in the first round at all. I am in the latter camp. Uh, Jordan Davis, the Georgia Bulldog, he was the face of that defense because he's 6'6", 340 pounds. He is a massive human being. But I have a lot to say about this man. First off, I'm going to give him his flowers because I don't want to sound like a hater because after I get done, I am going to sound like a hater. Um, he is incredible against the run. He's very good at disengaging blocks and he can disrupt a run game very easily. I think he's at worst a two down player who can carve a nice rollout for himself in the NFL. But here's the issue. Why am I wasting a first round pick on that? I'm not wasting a first-round pick on a guy who maybe is a role player. This guy, Jordan Davis, he has no lateral quickness whatsoever. He doesn't change direction. He has very, very average first-step speed, very average. And although he can disengage blocks pretty much instantly, it seems to take him that split second too long to actually get into tackles. And I – I think he lacks bend in his pass rush. He lacks the advanced pass rushing moves and he can be blocked and bent out of the way in the uh, in zone blocking schemes. We saw against Alabama, he wasn't on the field very much. I just, this guy, his hands are great. He never gets on the ground. He, you know, you can't single block him just because he's so big. But I just, I he has bust written all over him to me. But with Buffalo's need to stop the run, this guy is probably the best run stopper in the draft, just based off the film. 
it's going to be hard for Buffalo to pass up if he drops, you know, this is a guy that some people think is a top 10 prospect. Like I said, you know, if he drops to 25, I think he's a, he's a run stop type guy, you know, just run stop plugger. You can just plug him in and he'll do his job there. But I just, I don't see him being much more than that. Do you think part of the reason people think he's so good is because of the, the defensive pieces around him too? Yes, because I think Devontae Wyatt was uh, who's defensive lineman um, with him, interior defensive lineman. I think Devontae Wyatt's much better than Jordan Davis. Um, I think he may not be as good as Jordan Davis right now, but he has much better potential. And I think Nicobe Dean and, you know, George is going to have like six or seven guys off that defense get drafted. You know, they had a, an NFL defense last year. And I, I do think that's a lot of the reason, you know, you get a guy as big as Jordan Davis, he's going to stand out, you know, like I said, he's a massive human being. And some of the things he did was ridiculous, but he's also not playing against, you know, the, the centers and guards like Zach Martin and Quinn Nelson and Creed McCumphrey. He's not playing against those guys. So, yeah. And I think it's a good route for Buffalo because they don't really need much. Yeah. That's that's probably their only weakness because, I mean, Ed Oliver's looked okay. He doesn't look great. You know what I mean? Yeah. So I think it's the best way to go. And then we got 26 next, Tennessee. Um, I'm going linemen. I, I have a lot of linemen in this and going first round. I'm going Trevor Penning. I mean, I think this is just the smartest move for Tennessee just because they have two linemen that are going to be on the wrong side of 30. And this guy, he's, he's starter ready. You know, he's explosive. He, he's going to, he's going to make the big blocks, but he, sometimes he's just there. You know what I mean? He's just, yeah, he, he's not making an impact or he's not doing anything bad. He's not really adding anything for your team. So I think that's his one weakness. But yeah, I mean, like you said, two guys on the wrong side of 30 and they're going to need the, I mean, with how many injuries they had, you know, they're going to need offensive line depth. And so I think Tennessee, yeah, that makes perfect sense for me, uh, to me, that they go, go offensive line there. Uh, could you see them going receiver with Julio's injury history? Do you think they would maybe I could receiver? see just be, honestly, I I think Julio is gonna have another injury brittle season. His just his body just can't hold up anymore. So I wouldn't yeah. be surprised because they don't have a good wide receiver three. Yeah, they but really don't. They don't the wide receiver threes aren't they probably wouldn't cut it on most other teams. So I agree. I think in you might see him in free agency, maybe go out and get another receiver, but I think for them, since they are a run-heavy team, it might be smarter for them to go out and get the linemen. Yeah. Um, to go on to another team that just lost a key offensive lineman, the Tampa Bay Buccaneers, uh, just lost Ali Marpet. Uh, we here at the locker room, we wish him a, a great retirement. Um, hope he's happy and healthy for the rest of his life. But the guy was an awesome offensive linemen, interior offensive linemen. So I think they're going to have to replace him. And a guy out of humble Texas played at Texas A&M. 
uh, Kenyon Gray, or not Gray, Green. I think he's perfect um, for what they need. He's an interior offensive lineman. He's got an NFL-ready frame, and he's like brings a great consistency level as a run blocker. He is going to need to develop and pass pro a little bit, but more likely than not, he'll be playing – right next to Tristan Wirfs, I, you know, that's going to help a lot in pass protection because a great tackle like Tristan Wirfs can make a guard look a lot better. So there's not much to say about him. He's just an overall kind of a jack-of-all-trades type guy. And the the weakness is, you know, as the game wears on, he does tend to tire out quickly. But I think he – that's something that can be fixed with conditioning. So, you know, I don't – I think it's just a safe pick for it. For Tampa Bay. Yeah, and this is that's a huge loss for them at linemen. And they really I think they'd rather fill that right away than try out and fix that secondary because we know that secondary is bad. But part of the reason, or mostly the reason why their offense was so good the past two years was because the offensive line gave Brady the time he needed every game. There were there were a few games where he was getting sacked multiple yeah. times. So it was it's a it's a big hole that they need to fill. Yeah. And 28 is the Green Bay Packers. And this is man. I you'd think they'd make the, the receiver pick, but you never know. We've seen that before. Sam Howell is still on the board. I, I know. I, could we do a Sam Howell? Jordan Love and Aaron Rodgers quarterback room. I mean, a lot of a lot of brains in that room. Yeah, you know, two guys that aren't going to start, but hey, you know. But I I'm going to go the Penn State man himself, Jahan Dotson, who I think played really well the past two college football seasons. Even though Penn State hasn't played well at all, he made Sean Clifford actually look average as a college quarterback, but <laughs> ran a four, four, three, uh, 36 vertical jump, 7.28 on the three cone drill. He's only five eleven, but he, man, he's fast. And when, when you get him out in open space, he's, whew, he's like the other receivers where he's going to take the top off the defense. And, they're comparing him to Emmanuel Sanders, and I, I can definitely see that. Emmanuel Sanders, when he was in, what was it, Denver? He, yeah. I, I can definitely see that. Yeah, Jahan Dotson, like you said, made Sean Clifford look good. Um, Penn State always seems to develop these shifty wide receivers. You look at a guy like a K.J. Hamler, you know. Yeah. He, he looked like he was about to break out with Denver before he got injured. Um, and it's the perfect complement to a guy like Devontae Adams, you know, and MVS, who are uh, Devontae Adams, more of a slot, you know, he's a he's the best wide receiver in football, he's an elite yeah. route runner. But Marquis, uh, Marquez Valdez Scantling, he can't run anything but a straight line, so this is a nice in between. And I think Jahan Dodson would be the perfect slot receiver for them. Uh, moving on to another team that, uh, you never know what they're going to do. Miami, um, who knows what this team um, hired the offensive coordinator, Mike McDaniels, um, loved him in San Fran. Uh, but 
let's be honest, Kyle Shanahan's our offensive coordinator. It's not that big of a loss. He'll be missed for sure. Um, what are they going to do? They have a lot of needs. Uh, Brian Flores got the defense back into good shape in the second half of the season and was promptly fired because he doesn't like Tua. Yeah, uh, I guess you protect Tua. Um, and the best pick left here on the offensive tackle side is probably Bernhan Raymond uh, out of Central Michigan. This man is from Steinbrunn, Austria. I don't know where that is. Probably somewhere in Europe. Um, I don't know if it's near Ukraine or not, but I hope not. Um, yeah. <laughs> uh, he's 6'3", or 6'3", 6'6", 303 pounds. Uh, the offensive linemen are running the 40 right now. We just got his official 40. It's a 505, so the man is average but he had 30 reps on the bench press he's a strong austrian uh looking at his his picture here blonde hair i think he has brown eyes so i think we're safe there um <laughs> but oh my uh, god this this guy he has all this, the the tools needed to translate to the next level he's kind of a uh he's rough around the edges but athletically gifted. I mean, 31 inch vertical. He was ran a 4.49 20 yard shuttle. And he's great at getting to the second level. Trent Williams esque at getting to the second level. That is scary for linebackers. And he's very good at keeping his body square. He does not get turned around in his pass pro. And he has a very good natural quickness. Uh, like I said, he's rough around the edges, he's very raw. He will need time to develop, but, you know, considering I don't think Tua is going to be quarterback much longer, I, I think he'll have plenty of time to develop in the NFL with Miami, especially in a system that Mike McDaniels runs. So that is my pick for Miami. Yeah, honestly, it's the safest pick for him because it's just going to help the run game, which was non-existent all year, really. Yeah, I mean, non-existent. Yeah. And I mean, they could go receiver here, but like, like you said, why, why would you if two is not going to be here for much longer? I think it's the safer and better pick to go with the the lineman. And then my next pick, the thirtieth pick, I'm going Daxton Hill for Kansas City, free safety. Basically, I think if they get Matthew back, great. If they don't, he'll be just as good. I think well, not not right away, but as time goes on. He's a hybrid safety. He's got speed, coverage, explosiveness, and he's a really good athlete. I think, you know, I got to watch a lot of him in Michigan at Michigan this year. And I think part of the reason he was good was because he was a defensive leader with Hutchinson. I think those two really were the anchors. He was the anchor for the secondary, and he came up with big plays for us. Yeah, I mean, I think, like you said, this is if they get Tyron Matthew back, good. If they don't, Daxton Hill is there. And, you know, I feel like there's so many offensive linemen and defensive linemen in this draft that we're going to see guys like Daxton Hill going to late first, early second, and they're going to be impact players because, you know, this, this draft is as trenches heavy draft. And I don't think if, if it wasn't, I think Daxton Hill would move up. I think he would be a top 20, top 15 pick maybe. Um, but right back to the trenches we go. Uh, Cincinnati, 
uh, Joe Shiesty is used to playing in the trenches. He's also used to getting annihilated um, behind his his offensive line, and we're gonna we're gonna solve one issue there. Uh, Zion Johnson, I mean Zion Johnson, he uh, is big like Zion Williamson. Believe it or not, mm-hmm. he's 6'3", 312 pounds, uh, thirty four inch arms, which is an offensive tackles. Uh, esque arm length and he plays guard from Boston College I think this guy he's a lot like uh, Raymond for uh, for Dolphins he's rough it's gonna take time for him to develop but I think he is he's a very intelligent guy he's a two-time captain uh, team captain and he's got he's got the size of a guard he's got the length of a tackle and he's his strength how they describe it is brute force. So this guy's very aggressive. I think he's really good. He sustains blocks well as a run blocker, and he's not too shabby in pass pro. He does tend to have an issue with spin moves, though, and he doesn't have very good redirection. But, hey, I'm, I, the offensive line already has issues with all pass rush moves. Yeah. Um, so, you know. Might as well get the guy that has a little bit of talent and a little bit of upside. I like Zion Johnson a lot. And at this point, everyone was clamoring for them to get Panay Sewell last year. They didn't do that. They took Jamar Chase. They went to the Super Bowl. So whatever they do, I'm not going to question it because obviously they know more than me. I mean, just just get Joe some some protection, please. (laughs) It's bad. The way he went down in the Super Bowl – when that one sack, I was like, oh, my God, he's he's done. His knee's gone. The way his leg yeah. bent, it's – but, like you said, I mean, I'm not questioning them because they made it to the Super Bowl. The Cincinnati Bengals, who would have thought? The Bengals. The Bengals. But um, I'm rounding it out with Detroit, the guy who took – Suwell last year, and we had him taking Hutchinson this year. You know, a lot of people are thinking they're going QB because Jared Goff is Jared Goff. He's like one in 15 without uh, Sean McVay. So we know how he is. But to be fair, you can have the best receivers. So why not take a risk? It's not, it wasn't even your pick, and it's the 30-second pick with a guy like John Mechie. You know, he had the ACL injury, but we've seen what he can do at Alabama. He was probably – he was the wide receiver one all year. He's an experienced guy. He knows what he's doing. He's He's got average traits, yes, but – I think he he's going to be he can stand out. To to me, John Mechie is the the prototypical. You can't look at his combine. I, he's obviously he's not running a combine because of his injury. He ain't running. But uh, you have to see him play in game to see the impact that he makes. And I think John Mechie is you know you look at a guy like Jameson Williams and how hyped he is and how good he obviously was. John Mechie was above him on the depth chart, you know, at the start of the season. Now, do I think James Williams is better? Yes. 
But it, there's something to be said that John Mechie at the start of the season was above him. He's a smooth route runner. You know, he can really attack the press coverage. He's, yeah, he may not be fast. He doesn't have the super explosive, you know, traits that you want. But neither did Cooper Cup. Neither did Devontae Adams. You know, being a smooth route runner, understanding zone coverage, being able to attack leverage, there's things to be said for all that. And I think he's great at all three of those things. Mentals. All the mentals. The mentals. That's right. That that is that's it. That's the first round. We did it. Um, I'll be, you know, during the draft, we'll come six back more rounds these. to go. <laughs> yeah, I don't know about that. Um <laughs> We'll come back to this during the draft and see how we did. Obviously, I mean, the draft is not for like another two months, another month, yeah, you know, three weeks. But hey, you know, let's get a let's get a head start. I like to do it right after the combine. Exactly. Everything's everything's fresh. Fresh very, number frozen. Very tell we're Wendy's. Sometimes. <laughs> but we're a very uh trenches heavy draft right here. No running There's back. A lot of, there's a lot of depth. Uh, top running back to me is Brees Hall. Yeah. Just saying, but I don't think he's a first rounder. But yeah, this is, it'll be an interesting draft for sure, especially with the quarterbacks being who they are. And uh, one last time before we sign off, Kenny Pickett's hands are perfectly fine. Okay. Listen, stop being size kings. All right. There's, it doesn't matter. There's nothing wrong with average hands. Okay. Eight and a half inches is plenty. That's a lot. That it's more is quite an enormous amount, I would say. I don't know. Dude, <laughs> it's almost a foot. <laughs> I mean, come on now. Quit making fun of this man's hands. You think he wanted to be born with average size hands? Yeah. He's probably think- walking, he's walking up to the other quarterbacks and he sees their giant hands over nine inches and he's like wow my hands are nothing compared to theirs look at those hands all right let's, let's sign out uh take us out tommy all right that that is all for us here today <laughs> on the locker room we hope you guys enjoyed we hope you guys are a little bit more knowledgeable about some of the draft prospects this um in the first round at least just because you know not a lot of people college football is not big to some people and they're not going to know all these prospects so we hope we can enlighten you a little bit but we hope you guys have a wonderful week we will see you next time thank you for joining us adios